0: Welcome to another edition of the Game Preview Podcast. Ethan Greenberg, Cynthia Freeland, Week 14. It's December football. It's crazy, Cynthia, that we're in Week 14, first of all. It feels like we just started season number two of the Game Preview Podcast like yesterday.
1: I mean, it certainly does. And just so you know, um, Gordy, our team mascot, our podcast mascot, (laughs) he's put on 12 pounds since being home with me. He's been home with me for four weeks. And he's 12 pounds heavier. He's already wow. over 40 pounds. Uh this this dog's gonna be
0: huge. Which, which by the way, if you're just listening to this for the first time, makes it sound like Cynthia's just like feeding her dog and getting our podcast mascot, also known as Cynthia's dog, like really fat with treats. That's not the case. Gordy needed no. the food. So actually it's a good omen that Gordy yes. is 12 pounds heavier. It's a good omen around around the Jets vibe right now, even though the Jets are coming off a loss in Minnesota. Final score, 27-22. And we're going to talk a little bit about that matchup. But this is Week 14. This is an important matchup. Division matchup, conference matchup. The Jets already beat the Bills Week 9 at MetLife Stadium. But what do you expect this matchup, like how do you expect this to be different from both teams' perspective? Obviously, some lineup changes, but also the Bills and Jets, you would imagine, might throw a couple wrinkles in their game plans.
1: Well, I mean, I think the lineup changes are like the reason for the wrinkles in the line in, in what's going to be different. I mean, this is a special matchup. I think the Bills have this one circled because I think, you know, their season, they have huge expectations this season, and then the Jets came out of nowhere and surprised them at home. And now it's interesting because you know, you just, as of what our recording of this, like Von Miller was just ruled out for the rest of the season. Obviously we knew he wasn't going to be playing in this game ahead of today, but, for the rest of the season is a a, a pretty significant change. Their secondary has been a little bit healthier, Tredavious White coming back. And then, of course, no bigger lineup change than the other side of the ball. That's Mike White. And so Mike White's presence here, especially with how Garrett Wilson has turned into a bona fide number one wide receiver, that's going to be interesting because with less pressure potentially coming off that defensive front and the secondary still not being 100%, it's it's an interesting matchup, and of course, I love our guys, Donovan Smith. We have to talk about him too. I love it.
0: Oh yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned him because this is going to be a long-winded answer. Like there, there's a reason why I'm going to start telling this story, and it's all going to come together here when the Jets love and it. the Bills played in Week Nine. Obviously, Zach Wilson was starting quarterback. He had a career-high passer rating, a career-high completion percentage that game. The Jets ran the ball so well in Week Nine. That's really what helped them win over the Bills' final score, 20-17 to at MetLife. Now, that game was pretty much Michael Carter and James Robinson. To your point, Zonovan Bam Knight has really been the guy the past two weeks, especially last week, without Michael Carter. Michael Carter, a full participant in Wednesday's practice, so it seems like the Jets will get him back for Sunday at Buffalo. But what kind of spark, other than what you see on film, like what kind of numbers behind Zonovan Bam Knight make him a a good option for the Jets not only the past two weeks but also for the rest of the season and potentially further than that.
1: So, first off, I want to call him Zonovan Smith because I grew up with someone named Zonovan Smith, which is hilarious because who's named Zonovan? So, Zonovan Knight, I clearly know his actual name, but it's just very funny that that always – like, how does that even happen, right? But if I look to see last game, those 90 rushing yards, of course he had 118 total from scrimmage, but those 90 rushing yards specifically, where were they earned? 72 of them were earned on rushes outside the numbers. He had very strong results in that situation – like 8.2 yards per rush, and those outside-the-numbers rushes are really a nice indicator because those are longer rushes, right? Inside the numbers, that's great. That can be a function of really great blocking, too, sometimes. But him, his ability to get to the outside was really special. Also, catching those passes, 5 for 28, like that's a really big number. Remember, we saw in that last win targeting kind of that intermediate, the linebacker level where the Bills have been injured or not. I saw something about Matt Milano come across my screen before we started this. But that linebacker level was really where they had success last time. And our guy, Z, he can be able to do that really well.
0: Also, Matt Milano, one of the Buffalo Bills players who did not play in Week 9 against the Jets. Obviously, he's expected to play this weekend unless something crazy happens.
1: Let's see but, what just happened. Something just happened about it. I just think it right. says, Dable you, you says, let us know. Oh, Not Dable. McDermott says Matt Milano has a knee injury and is considered day to day. Left tackle Deion Dawkins will be out at practice, quote, a little bit. So those are two more injuries to keep. I'm going to practice a little bit today. I'm going to podcast a little bit today. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let me ask you this. Let's start with the defense for the Bills between Matt Milano, Tredavious White, and Jordan Poyer, the three players who really, the three starters who did not play against the Jets. Who is the most important to that defense
1: against the against the Jets? Probably whoever lines up against Garrett Wilson. Which to me, I know it sounds weird to say the safety, but the way that the Bills play their defense, the way that Leslie Frazier kind of structures things, it would—it's weird this season. I haven't really seen Tredavious White go one-on-one because they're folding him back in after injury. So I actually think like Jordan Poyer is probably the most clutch one there, but. I don't like this the 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 get home guy because like we know Garrett Wilson's gonna like align in the out and the wide position and just run rough shot over you so I don't know it's one of those two probably I would think in this matchup but you know equal and op- equal maybe equally
0: yeah I think that Jordan Poyer I think if you're a Jets fan and you're familiar with the Bills. Obviously, Jordan Poyer means so much to that defense and Micah Hyde, who's out for the year with a neck injury. Poyer's also such a good tackler, even despite leading the team with four interceptions. So if the Jets want to run the football, which you would imagine they would, given that was kind of the recipe for success, not only for the season, but specifically week nine against the Bills, you would imagine Jordan Poyer will have a big hand in trying to stop the run, along with Matt Milano if he plays. And then to Cynthia's point, what you brought up, Deion Dawkins, Day-to-day, or, well, he will be at practice a little bit. Spencer Brown, the right tackle, didn't play against the Jets. Like, there's a lot of moving pieces. But on the Jets' perspective, to put a bow on the first quarter here, Mike White did not play in that game. He has played against the Bills in the past. Not a pretty game. Robert Sala said the Bills just kind of – they scored 21 points so quickly around the second and third quarter. Like, they scored before the half. They scored coming out of the kickoff – of the second half, and then Mike White threw an interception which then led to another touchdown. So that was kind of a snowball effect. What kind of performance do you expect from Mike White against this Bills defense after Mike White just put up 369 yards against the Minnesota Vikings?
1: Well, look. The Bills' secondary isn't as generous as the Vikings' secondary. The Bills have their injuries like we talked about, so I would imagine a more balanced approach because you don't want to get in that situation. The Bills play zone really effectively, and zone was tripping up Mike White last game, so I would imagine they're probably going to be more balanced with between runs or short passes that approximate runs and not really rely on such deep passes like we saw last time in the last game. I think that this game will ultimately – go the Jets way if something similar can happen to last time. And that's if they can really get pressure on Josh Allen and effectively with just four. And that's really the, I know we'll get into that in a minute, but from the Jets offensive perspective, if the defense can help them out and the offense can stay balanced so that you're getting that nice run production, those outside runs from Zonovan Knight, like, et cetera, like that could be, that's the, the, the script is to control the ball.
0: All right. Well, let's move on to the second quarter. Let's just kind of take a look at what's happened with Buffalo since the last time the Jets have played them. And this is more than just the injury bit, which we just covered. The Bills lose to the Jets week nine. Then they lose to the Vikings in Buffalo, which was a wild, wild game against the Minnesota Vikings. Mm -hmm. Then the Bills rifle off three straight. The Browns, the Lions, and then the Patriots on Thursday Night Football. And it almost feels like people are so accustomed – to buffalo playing at such a high level and they're like you know what like buffalo has been playing at that kind of level the past couple of games meaning minnesota cleveland and detroit but do you think they started to figure it out against new england or is that just like a good matchup for the bills and they and they took advantage of it
1: Well, so there's two things that I'm looking at here that are cause for concern, and both of them are really around Josh Allen. The first is the deep passing situation. Obviously, that elbow injury that he sustained during the Jets game, and after that, so before that, 111 passer rating, 55.2 completion per 55.2% completion percentage and six passing touchdowns on deep passes in weeks one through eight. Those are both top numbers. I know 52, 55.2, rather doesn't sound good, but that was good for third in the NFL on deep passes that are 20-plus air yard attempts over the last five weeks. His pass rating is down to 68.9, a 36 completion percentage, and one passing touchdown with one intercept. So the deep passing, so those quick game-changing deep passes, that's been an issue, could be part of his elbow situation. And then the other thing that's interesting – are the turnovers? He's 11 interceptions, which is tied with David M- Davis Mills for the second most in the NFL, and only Matt Ryan has more with 13 interceptions. Those turnovers have been absolutely devastating for the Bills. And what happened in the last game is you saw the Bills have an uptick in production from their run game. So they not they figured out a little bit more with James Cook. They figured out a little bit more with Devin Singletary. They got a little bit further along, so they weren't having those turnovers. And I think what we saw in that Patriots game was not turning the ball over, which was a lot of a key factor, a big, a very, very big deal, and a lot different from what we saw from some of the previous games.
0: And, of course, when the Jets and Bills played, Josh Allen threw two interceptions, one to Jordan Whitehead, one to Sauce Garner. Both were, I think, um, got the Twitter response of, like, bad interceptions, right? It wasn't like a deflected pass. It was kind of like, oh, like, what, what what, are you doing here? Like, like where were you going with the ball? And so... Right. That's something to keep in mind. Now, for the Jets, they haven't forced – they've forced one turnover over the last three games, one being against the Chicago Bears late in the game, C.J. Mosley's diving interception. So the Jets, who were very good at turning the football over, have not been doing so lately. Uh, Now that the Jets are playing the Bills and Josh Allen in Buffalo, how much, like – I don't know if there are any numbers that exist, but when you're facing a team for a second time in the same season and you're going to their place – And it's like, is there anything that changes really, do you think, from a numbers perspective? Like the odds of beating a same team twice in a season?
1: Yeah, it's less about same team twice from the standpoint of like mental and more about Like, when you know people's tendencies and what they do, you have a better chance to upset them. It's very hard to beat a team three times in a season. The second time, they often both have more information on each other. Now, the thing that's different in this Jets and Bills matchup is that the information they have at the quarterback position is very limited. It's not like Mike White was playing in that first game. There's been actually quite – Excuse me, quite a few personnel changes just from an injury standpoint between the two weeks. So, when I'm looking at this game from the number standpoint, it's really more about recency and where the potential areas to exploit are. I mean, without as much of a pass rush from the Bills, who are still able to rush the passer even without Von Miller, but it's not quite the same level of efficiency or the same speed, that's going to be problematic still. It's not like that goes away and they're just not going to be able to get any pressure. And then at the same time, it's just the speed with which it happens. So Mike White, maybe it will look a little bit more like it did, maybe not necessarily as good as it did against the Bears because the Bears didn't bring a fast pass rush, but it's not going to be as fast as we saw in that first game, where the pass rush was much quicker because von miller brings up the average speed to rush
0: hmm. all right well that brings us to our halftime and yeah. i don't have any topics to bring up but Oh, i do if you okay i'm ready
1: okay so here's my question it's getting right. it's getting cold in new york yes. <laughs> yeah thank you
0: thank you for the clarification it's getting cold where you live not where i live
1: Listen, I used to live there too. I, I, you know, you can move out too. It, 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 it can happen. But look, okay. wh- is it, if you're a New Yorker, is it acceptable to go ice skating in Rockefeller Center? Because I want to go so bad. And my friends, they think it's a little too touristy for them.
0: Okay. I totally get what your friends are saying. But where else would you go? Because every place is touristy. So if you go to... Rockefeller Center, touristy. If you go to Bryant Park, touristy. Maybe a little less, but still touristy. If you go to Wolman Rink in Central Park, pretty freaking touristy. So, all of this to say is I think it's acceptable.
1: Okay. I'm giving
0: it I'm giving it the acceptable stamp as long as you know that you will be maddened by having so many people around you cuz you really won't be able to like freely skate.
1: I'm not gonna like be doing tricks, right? I just want to go like have a skate.
0: <laughs> uh, you 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 weren't gonna do like a triple axel or something. I'm
1: gonna be that person who like wears the the full spandex outfit and like does the twirl. Oh yeah, you know? like. <laughs> no, do you are you have... done with your holiday shopping? <clears throat>
0: um, that's a good question. I think so. If not, I'm pretty darn close. Good um, job. Thank you, thank you. I, I was pretty good this year. I got ahead of the game. I found some Black Friday deals. I decided. You know what? Just get it. And if you if you want to go somewhere else, something else comes about, just return it. And I'm usually not like that because I don't like the whole process of like you gotta buy it, then you got then you gotta return it. And I'm so like, mature. you know what? Let's just let's just do it and we'll see where the chips fall. So You're I'm feeling so good about it.
1: This is are so you, mature of you.
0: Are, thank you. New Year, New Year, new me. I'm an age wiser or a year wiser, year more mature. We're here. We're in the cut. What I about you? It. Are are you behind or what?
1: I'm oh yeah. Really behind. Have you have I've you started? started. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. I got all my like the co. i i like think I found the best gift ever for my like the my coworkers at NFL Network. Yeah. I'm very excited about that. But like my family, nothing yet. Nope. Not not one thing. Nothing yet. But you know, mm. it's we're getting there. Uh, but I also definitely want to explain my outfit for, um, you know, our, the people who can see us <laughs> because I'm dressed a little <laughs> bit like Elizabeth Holmes, which is hilarious. Uh, I had to do like a women in tech. I did a women in tech forum this morning, which, which I was really excited to do. Yeah. Like just talk about like, cause I, I mean, I code, I do all that other nerdy stuff and I get to talk about my nerdy stuff, but I don't know why this morning. I just, I guess I just decided to dress like Steve jobs or like, Elizabeth. Holmes.
0: Oh yeah. Very nice. I'm gonna look up where Elizabeth Holmes is from, because maybe, maybe there's a connection there. Let's see. I,
1: I, she better, she better not be from Michigan. We don't need any more people that are a little nuts. no,
0: no. She's uh, born Washington D.C. So. Got it. But great. But, but, but she went to Stanford. Did not get her degree. So that's some maybe California. Maybe
1: it's really far away
0: yeah i know i know i was trying to help you out here you know that. what you are elizabeth holmes and you know we just figured it out <laughs> so Anyways. thank you You're all right <laughs> you got anything else you want to bring up oh i know you know i am i'm not behind on my gift giving but there's one person that i'm missing and it's gordy that's right yeah yep yeah. G- gordy gordy needs some jets something
1: he so does. yeah he does do it, is there like jets treats? I mean, the the dog loves food, and it was funny. We were talking about Gordy needs to still needs to put on weight. Gordy was very malnourished when I got right. him, so now he's now he's a growing pup. He's going to be big, I think.
0: I I like how you say we because if you're a loyal listener, like you you know that like yeah. that that we've been a part of the Gordy journey.
1: Yeah, absolutely, we have. So you know he's he's doing good though. Uh, he's doing good. I think
0: that's a perfect way to end halftime. Elizabeth sure. Holmes, Gordy, and Jets <laughs> tree covered it
1: all here, really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, uh, I don't even know where I was going to go after that. So instead, this is what we're going to do. Let's go. Let's talk about Mike White a little bit because do what it. does, in your opinion, need to happen, not necessarily this, or this weekend beyond, essentially, for you to really start like believing the hype train and believe that there is something to Mike White as a future starting NFL quarterback. Also, I will say, like, are we past that point for you? Or, like, you still need to see a little more because it is such a small sample size for him?
1: I mean, I think that a lot to me – there's a lot to be said about, like, the fact that – I mean, look, I'm I don't I'm not in the locker room. I don't know. But the fact that, like, all of the guys wear, like, Mike White T-shirts and stuff, like – I don't know. I feel like if they believe, I believe, right? Like if they're going to go and do that, like I'm, I'm, I'm in, I just feel like, I don't know. I kind of like that his wife was like, who are you after that first game too? That's just great. Right. So I don't know. And as far as like, you know, pure numbers are concerned, of course, no, it'd be very like, you know, it'd be not good data for me to tell you that I like already believe in him and whatever, but I don't know. I'm not the coach. And if the coach is pulling him out on the field and having a play, then I'm just going to believe the coach. Right. So at the end of the day, I see a lot of things that are very promising, like anyone that doesn't have a lot of reps, there are areas to improve. And as he gets more reps, we'll see who he becomes. But as far as like the story and what I've seen so far and how happy he seems to make the other guys like all in on that and this elite defense and special teams, like, both of those things are really really good and so it's not like he does no one's asking him to be Patrick Mahomes right, right. They, He just needs to be Mike White and that's and that's actually interesting and what I think that means is like being Mike White is like using the right blend of types of passes meaning short, you know deep intermediate, that create opportunities for him. You know, what you've seen from Garrett Wilson is the ability to draw coverages so that other guys are open. Corey Davis was open, so at least three yards of cushion, on 41 of 45 routes run last game. And what does that mean? Well, target him. That's where he got his catches. And that's great. Maybe it doesn't look great on Garrett Wilson's stat sheet, but it looks great on Mike White's. You know why? Because it means he was smart enough to recognize who was open and get it to that person.
0: Okay. lot to unpack there. A lot of great numbers, especially about Corey Davis and Garrett Wilson. But for Mike White, I feel like if you're a Jets fan and you're looking at Twitter and you're on Jets Twitter, like the hype train's out of the station, for sure. Understood, okay? He's thrown for 300-plus yards. He threw for 369 yards last week against the Vikings and really gave the Jets a chance to win that game, especially late. But having this be his now going into his sixth career start, Cynthia – what are things that you see that you think Mike White needs to improve upon? Because it feels like everything is so positive about Mike White, so positive about the Jets. But I just want to know, like, what are some things that, in fact, he does need to work on for this Jets team as we move forward in the rest of the season here?
1: All right, let's just, like, look at the stats because this will show us. He was 9 of 19 for 162 yards and two interceptions on in-breaking routes. Okay? And as opposed to 130 yards and 14 of 22 on outbreaking routes basically what that tells me is that harrison smith don't go anywhere near him how about that um (laughs) that was the situation right the other thing that's a little concerning and this one's maybe a little bit more concerning because this is about space is the 24 of 42 for 279 yards and two interceptions versus zone coverage now that's interesting because zone and man now that's where his inexperience to me is showing up. That's where all of these quarterbacks inexperience shows up in college. And the man is easier for a quarterback to understand. Don't throw it to X. They are blanketed by Y got it understood. But now you have to be able to figure out zone in order to succeed in the NFL. That's the difference between, you know, Patrick and, and Joe Burrow years two through five versus when they first start out there's big splits in the beginning and then they seem to be busting those splits after that so I also it's also a little concerning that he was nine of 24 and with an interception on passes of 10 plus air yards so that's a lot of attempts and not a lot of completions yes there were 234 yards earned on that but the interception is is problematic so look like Especially when you see something like, you know, Corey Davis being able to be wide open on some of those other routes. Now, I don't know what was called, so I don't know if he was part of the options of, you know, the checkdowns, etc. I I don't know. But I do know that those are areas that will have to improve and they figure to improve for a number of reasons, but, but not the least of which is like the more you see zone the better you are at diagnosing yeah. it and the better you are at stopping it and when you have such a good defensive head coach defensive minded head coach then they can tell you little tricks cuz all defense is te- is process of elimination right so if the quarterback can understand what the defense is thinking then he can now understand the you know if you understand the principles of what the zone is doing then you can beat them cuz that means there's holes in the zone and you can target those areas
0: that was an incredible breakdown and this matchup i think we would both agree, is the most difficult of the season so far for Mike White after seeing the Bears and the Vikings, now seeing the Buffalo Bills, who are very good. Oh, yeah, like by
1: an order of magnitude. Like, this is a much more difficult game, yes.
0: This is is definitely a step up in weight class, especially like – from a Bills perspective, not only do they have good players, they've played in the same system for so long that they know the ins and outs of it. They're very smart, very fundamentally sound. So this is going to be an interesting test, especially when you think about how Mike White played against the Bills last year. Four interceptions, no touchdowns. Robert Sala said that that game's stats maybe not indicative of how Mike no. White really would have played, especially because the Jets were like in desperate come-from-behind mode, so he needed to throw the ball. Totally so.
1: different pass catchers, too. Yeah. To- oh, it was yeah. a way different situation. Mm-hmm.
0: So something to keep in mind for Sunday, which you said pass catchers, that leads us right into the fourth quarter. I just kind of want to talk about the pass catchers for both of these teams. And let's start with the Bills. Stephon Diggs had 93 yards against the Jets in week nine. 42 of them, I believe, came on the first drive on one catch. And it was kind of like a, this is it going to sound maybe kind of silly? Like a quiet 93 yards? Like, yep. Like yeah. he wasn't. He Josh Allen targeted Stephon Diggs late in the game. DJ Reed broke it up. So that obviously had the potential for a to be a game changing play, a huge reception. The Jets end up winning that game. The Jets, all things considered, have done a pretty good job against elite wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs is probably the one that had the best statist- statistical day. But how? Like, what about Stephon Diggs makes him so? difficult to guard compared to or do you think it was just like a one game thing? And he, he Jets hadn't seen him yet. Sauce Gardner hadn't seen him yet. DJ Reed hadn't seen him yet. He got him, And then this matchup, like you, you think it'll be any different or you think it'll be about the same.
1: So I think that Stefan Diggs versus Sauce Gardner is going to be like a very fun one for football fans for years to come. And I think it's going to be like, that's going to be like a really good one. But now some of the things that are different. So first of all, Sauce Gardner has some some splits in terms of where he lines up, right? Like he they don't it's not a lot of movement. He he stays in his spot and he doesn't he's not moving around. They're trying to figure it out for him in that regard. And Stefan Diggs, he moves all over the formation. So that's going to be it's not going to be this one-on-one like Revis Island. I love that. I love when people use to say that. It's not going to be like that necessarily because that's just not how Sauce is used. And they use digs in a lot of different ways. Like the hitch is like, he's better at the hitch. Like he has, you know, he's look there. He's pretty close to some like pretty prolific marks digs is. So like, look, like he's a very, 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 very good receiver. And this is a good one. If you can like bring up for your, with your friends at the bar on Sunday, when you're watching the game, when dig score, it's not predictive at all. It's just fun. Uh, when dig scores a touchdown, the bill or the bills are eight. No, oh in this season. And when he doesn't, they're one and in three, including in the Jets' loss in week nine. Mm. So that's that's an interesting look. Like, again, it's not predictive. It's just interesting. But the alignment matchup is going to be where if Diggs has success, I don't think it's going to come in Sauce's coverage. I don't think it's going to come in Reed's coverage. It's going to become somewhere where the, he's, there's a zone play and he's found the seam in the zone. Like, they have a lot of chemistry between the two of them between he and josh Allen, they've got a lot of plays that you know are designed to be man beaters and designed to find areas of the defense to exploit so it's not they're not gonna be like hey let's just put sauce against you know stefan Diggs on every play and see what happens that's not how it's gonna work it's gonna be more strategic than that
0: it's a Very interesting to me because last time these teams played, it was DJ Reed who saw the most of Stephon Diggs, especially late in the game. So that's something to keep in mind. Also, I remember DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner both saying leading up to that game, what makes Diggs such an an interesting player to guard is that his route running is so unconventional because he might be supposed to run a certain route and he'll just break it off because he knows that his quarterback is thinking the same way. So that's that's very difficult to defend. Yeah. By the way, yeah, just yeah. so you know,
1: the next gen stats show that Reed and Diggs was forty two point four percent of the wide receivers routes. So, and like I think Sauce, it was like one. He only allowed one reception to Diggs, but they only lined up on two of Diggs' routes, two times there when he go. was, and, and that was on shifts. So the receiver shifted from the opposite side of the field. So they, they were like, yeah, we don't. What what are you doing? Like Sauce is great. Like let's not do that. So <laughs> it, it's not it's not going to be this one on one thing at
0: all. And, and also the last time the Jets and the Bills played, what's interesting is that, so not only did Stephon Diggs have 90-plus yards, so did Garrett Wilson. It was also like a yeah, quiet like a quiet 92-yard game. It was like one yard of separation between the two of them. Also, just by the way, the guy that led the Bills after Stephon Diggs was Gabe Davis. He had two catches for 33 yards. So the Jets did a very good job against Josh Allen. But Garrett Wilson, that game and forward, really feels like has started to emerge as, to your point, the number one receiver for the Jets and a number one receiver in the NFL. Do you anticipate now, especially coming off the games against Chicago and Minnesota, that he has, that Buffalo might scheme him up a little differently and try to make someone else beat him?
1: Oh, I am – okay, there's a couple of things that I would – bet the house on if I were a betting person, which I work for the NFL. So we don't do that. But if there were, there was number one, it's that Leslie Frazier is well aware that with 55 yards that Garrett Wilson becomes the new jets rookie receiving leader in receiving yards on a season, besting Keyshawn Johnson. Now, It's only week, you know, it's it's only been twelve games, right? So he's going to break that record. But I don't think Leslie Frazier, he's gonna be like, You're gonna really let this happen against us? Uh uh. That's their bulletin board material. I'm sure that he knows that. I'm I am like I said, I would bet the house if I if I knew that. Now, I would also bet the house that Garrett Wilson's like, I want to do this against you. (laughs) I want to make this happen against your defense because it even means more to me in that situation. So Look, I I think it's your best versus my best. Let's see how they roll out. But he is commanding number one attention. He has already. Last game we saw it, you saw tight coverage. You know, they would play hybrid zone man schemes, meaning you get man on Garrett Wilson, you get zone for everybody else, which was like a really nice compliment to Garrett Wilson, considering, you know, he had a pretty darn good game too. So, at the end of the day, it's that wide alignment from Wilson where he's had all of the success, 142 of his 162 yards last game, all came when he was aligned wide. Two touchdowns against the Bears both came from the wide alignment. Like, good luck figuring out which route he's going to run. He's actually kind of the exact opposite style runner of Stephon Diggs, meaning Garrett mm-hmm. Wilson runs incredibly precise routes. He has since Ohio State. You know, Ryan Day will tell you that if you talk to him and ask him about like. This is what he does, Where Stefan Diggs is like improv routes. I'm like, what is that route that you just ran? I don't even know. <laughs> so it's just a different sort of beast, which is why I'm like, does the safety cover him? Is it really going to be a corner? But they will give him the number one treatment. And again, you should see other guys being more open because of it. Well, is it Corey Davis is going to be more open? Probably not the same person. I think, you know, Corey Davis being open was more of a, like maybe the Vikings didn't have enough, personnel to cover him and they had to make a decision. So they chose Wilson. But, you know, at this case, I think, I, I don't know who it will be, but I, I think Corey Davis will get a little bit more respect in this one too.
0: I think we're, we're on the same wavelength here because this was going to be my final question of the podcast. You led me right to it. It's like leading a horse to water and yes, <laughs> I am drinking the water. <laughs> if Garrett Wilson is schemed up the way that you expect the bills to where they don't want him to have a good game, let's say even an average game, They don't want Garrett to Wilson to have. So who needs to step up for the Jets between, I mean, I'm not going to say the player's name, but like it could be a receiver. It could be a tight end. It could be a running back out of the backfield. Like who is the X factor for the Jets, not named Garrett Wilson and not named Corey Davis for this weekend?
1: I mean, my guess, because I think Tremaine Edmonds is back to being 100% healthy, and I don't know about Matt Milano yet. That will make a difference. Now, if there's a bunch of space missing in the middle of that defense, then look for short passes by the running back. But there's this guy. His name begins with an and that receiver figures to be in a good spot for maybe some holes where Micah Hyde is not. I don't know his name, but it begins with an.
0: Um, for those who are just listening and can't read lips, <laughs> does his name start with the same letter that my name starts with?
1: It does. Okay. It does.
0: Yeah, my, my name one, is Ethan. By the I, way, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ethan. Yeah, but that would be just based on the routes that have that I've seen run. Right. Like now, right. could they come out with a completely different game plan to partic- to find? Absolutely, uh, sure. But just on kind of mismatches of routes here. If you have a big E game, then right, some exciting things are going to happen. Or I'm going to stop
0: now. <laughs> no, no, I I heard it. That's the problem <laughs> with the English language, right? Like, two words could start with an E and totally different sounding words. Also, but like, that's
1: – uh, again, just a guess. I, uh, Donovan Knight could be like right. it could be short passes to him, but I. I just feel like that seems like something they aren't going to let happen twice, right? right? That's what happened last time. And it's like, don't make the same mistake twice. But I think we don't know what the plan is for E. And so maybe based on things we've seen before, those that could be an area to exploit.
0: All right. That's how we're going to wrap up week 14 of the Game Preview Podcast. Jets-Bills in Buffalo. And for any Jets fan that's listening and wants to go to Buffalo – in december one god bless you two can you give them the recommendation of your favorite buffalo wing spot again is it bar bill Barbell. Mm-hmm. Bar it's all i right. tried
1: them all because of course i'm not going to like make an ill-informed ill-informed decision but bar bill is the best it's not quite like downtown but you can usually get like like uber eats or whatever can i don't whatever service you'd like to have, deliver you food can can bring you it if you're not if you're staying downtown but it's like Maybe ten minutes away, which to okay. to them is like, oh, it's so far away. And like you and I, like who've lived in cities, we're like, is it? Is it?
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's <laughs> it's not. It's not. But Bar Bill, all right. Make sure to go to Bar Bill, and uh, and yeah, we'll see you next week for the game preview podcast, week fifteen. Jets coming back to MetLife, but instead or for now, should I say going to Buffalo? Who are they uh, play? Well, I think they'll have to tune in next week. Might be oh, from Cynthia's well, we'll have hometown. To find
1: out. Stay tuned.
0: Exactly.